and welcome back to the Mr. Know It None podcast. This is your host, Barrett, and this is episode number 12 of the podcast. And on today's show, we will be talking about the MLB at the All-Star break. Well, we're already into the second half of the season, so we'll talk about where everyone was at the All-Star break. How about that? Um, And then we're going to talk about the unfiltered truth of Conor McGregor and his place in today's MMA world. And then we're going to talk about more headlines from around the sports world, which is mostly a bunch of athletes getting arrested in the last week, week and a half or so. So ain't that just wonderful, right? <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, first of all, this is my second take on today's show. Um, I originally recorded the podcast yesterday and I just felt like shit and a lot of my uh, thoughts were really how should I say, just, I was just rambling, I know that's kind of what I do on the show anyway, but it was more annoying than usual, um, more annoying than I usually am, so <laughs> here I am, so let's hop right into this review of the first half of the MLB season, and uh, let's start off with my San Francisco Giants, guys, uh, in case you forgot, yes, in fact, I am a Giants fan, if you couldn't figure that out by the cover art of this podcast being black and orange, I don't know what to tell you. Then again, I guess you could take that I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan, too. Or a Flyers fan, whoever knows. But uh, the Giants have the best record at the end of the first half of the season with a 57-32 record. I believe technically they're now 58-33 um, after splitting the first two games of the, the first half with the, the Cardinals so far. Uh, rubber match tonight. But, uh, yeah, uh, you want to talk about a team that is competing that I had no idea could actually um, compete this year for for um, not just the playoffs, but potentially a World Series at this point. I mean, Gossman has been a godsend. Um, guys like Buster Posey, uh, Crawford, uh, Evan Longoria, they have really turned back the uh, hands of time, so to speak, and they all just look great even though Longoria just got hurt and he's still on the comeback. We'll see where he's at. But uh, you have guys like Donovan Solano stepping up. Um, You have Lamont Wade Jr., who was basically a fringe AAA major league guy. And ever since Belt got hurt, he has really uh, taken over that first base position and plays a lot in the outfield as well. It really made it his own. It has really impressed me. And I will say this. No, no one wants to talk about this with the Giants right now. Um, I like our manager a lot. Gabe Kapler um, was someone a lot of Giants fans were talking trash about. Like, they thought this guy was going to be awful um, because of his track record with Philadelphia and the Phillies. But I'll put it like this. How is it that Matt Williams, for instance, who was uh, Bryce Harper's manager in... Washington was manager of the year in his first year as uh, the manager of the Nationals. And then the next year he got fired. It seems to me a lot of these guys can't coexist with a star like Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, as much as I like him, and I think he's a great player, seems to butt heads with his managers a lot. And he, for whatever reason, they'll go to a different place and they'll flourish. I mean, look at Gabe Kapler, for instance. Um and another thing about Gabe Kapler that I like a lot that no one is giving credit to, um, 
He doesn't wear down his pitchers a lot. I think Di Scalfani was the only guy who's pitched more than what feels like seven innings this year. Because it's most of the time it's five, six innings and let the bullpen get their work in. And I like that a lot because uh, an issue I always had with Bruce Bochy, and I know, I know, oh God, sacrilege, you have an issue with Bruce Bochy? There was a couple things about Bruce Bochy I didn't like. Like how he always needed to let his starting pitching um, burn themselves into the ground. We saw it with Tim Lincecum. We saw it with Matt Kane. We saw it with Madison Bumgarner. All those guys were ace ace pitchers at one point in their career. And then they all started, you know, getting used a lot more than they should have. And their arms went to shit after a while. And then you had a guy like Hensley Mullins, the old hitting coach. Look at how this team is hitting. We're like top three for team home runs. We're top three in team home runs this year. Um, then you have our batting average is up this year, you know, and everyone's saying, well, AT&T Park's the issue. No, the issue was the hitting coach. Bam Bam Mullins is gone, and everyone has taken into this new system with Gabe Kapler and his staff, and they are doing just fine. They're grinding out at bats. We look like the Dodgers. Which brings me to our new, technically not general manager, he's like our baseball czar, Faran Zaidi, who is just building an amazing farm system and building an amazing culture here. And everyone's buying in, and I like it. And I was saying we were waiting for guys like Crawford and Posey's contract. And I know that's that's rough to say, Posey, to lead the Giants, but Joey Barr's going to come up sooner or later. He's on the Major League roster right now with Buster Hurt. But um, Evan Longoria, Braden Belt, we were waiting for those guys' contracts to expire. Might not be like that. Because these guys are playing so well, how can you not at least re-sign them to a two-year deal? Obviously to a much lesser contract with a lot of these guys, but we'll see. We'll see at the end of the day, right? So... The biggest um, news stories around baseball this year so far has obviously been the whole pitching substance with, you know, the spider tack, the rosin, sunscreen, all that good stuff. And anything else they can get their hands on, really, right? So looking into that a little deeper, the number, the batting averages around the league were so bad, they were worse than the dead ball era. Let me repeat that. The numbers were so bad, they were worse than the dead ball era. That's how low batting averages got. And you look at guys like Tyler Glass now, who just got hurt. I think he is gonna I think he had Tommy John surgery, had some of the nastiest stuff you've ever seen. Literally come out on national television after he got hurt when the MLB cracked down on it. And said, we're going to start looking at these pitchers and actually inspecting their gloves and inspecting them. Crack down on this, finally. And Tyler Glass now comes out and he says, now I'm hurt because I can't use, you know, the rosin, blah, 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 blah. No one said you, can use, you can't use rosin. What the issue was, was the spider tack and stuff like that. If if you want to to blame MLB for finally cracking down on cheating when... 
20 years ago, we did the same thing. We had a very ugly public battle with steroids. No one seems to remember that, and it ruined the game for a lot of people, and it ruined plenty of careers, and there's guys that should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't in the Hall of Fame that were doing steroids. But they were using, you know, stuff back then to cheat as well for pitchers. Pitchers have been using substances for 100 years. It's not a secret. But then they'll get mad, right? They'll get really, really mad when all of a sudden, oh, now I can't do it. Well, yeah, you shouldn't. You're a major league pitcher. You, you, you don't need substances to be better. Like, if we're going to crack down on, on, on hitters who are using steroids, it was mostly hitters. I know pitchers took steroids as well. We should be cracking down on everything like that. And I respect that. You know? You know? Fuck you. Fuck you. This is the second biggest scandal um, of the last decade that has rocked MLB in this sort of way in years. You know? In the last few years. We had the, the, the electronic sign stealing between the Astros and the Boston Red Sox. Obviously, the Houston Red, Houston Red Sox. The Houston Astros being the bigger deal um, and the more notorious one because of the Captain Rosenthal um, report on um, the athletic and all that. But this is just as important because these pitchers are just throwing stuff that looks insane. And I'm like watching it. I'm like, I've seen, I've seen like, you know, slider, like some badass sliders, but everyone's throwing a badass slider now. Like, what the fuck? You know, and I know these guys are major leaguers. They can all throw a really good freaking slider. Otherwise, it's not even just a slider, you know? They're getting extra miles per hour on their fastball, all that stuff. And with that said, I just, you know, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth that people are now complaining. Oh, well, now you're breaking down on it. You know what? If you need something to get a few extra spins on your fastball or your curveball or whatever... You're just as bad as those guys doing steroids at the end of the day. I'll just leave it at that. And then, of course, one of my favorite guys in Major League Baseball right now, um, Trevor Bauer, um, is being accused of some horrendous shit. Um, basically assaulting, sexually assaulting a woman uh, is essentially what he's being accused of. And like I said, man, he's one of my favorite guys out there right now. Not just as a player, but what he does for the game. Or what he did for the game, I should say. Um, he has his own YouTube channel. Um, he's really trying to bring um, baseball into the 21st century. Uh, he's a guy who really likes to be animated, be a little more vocal, and be a little more passionate out on the field, which is something that I've always missed about baseball, is guys who just go out there and just have fun. You know, look at Fernando Tatis Jr., how he pimps home runs, uh, pitchers who get excited with strikeouts, in big moments, and he was really a guy, like I said, really a guy who was trying to bring baseball into the next century, which is an issue that baseball has had for some time now doing. But unfortunately, it looks like Trevor Bauer is on paid administrative leave. They keep extending it. Um, I don't think he's coming back to pitch this year. That's just my opinion. Uh, he's got too much shit going on. Um, he hasn't uploaded to YouTube in several weeks at this point. Obviously trying to keep quiet, trying to stay low, 
and try to get through this thing as quick as possible. Um, if he's found innocent, he's innocent. If he's found guilty, he's guilty. Pro <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. That's the, uh, the American way right there. I'm sorry I keep touching my nose, by the way. Um, my nose just keeps running, like I said. <clears throat> I didn't feel my best when I was doing the podcast yesterday, so today I feel a lot better, and I'm not 100% back yet, but just bear with me, right? So let's move on into our next topic of discussion. Um, let's talk about Conor McGregor, and I'm going to be frank with you. Conor McGregor is the reason I became a fan of MMA. But with that said, I subscribe to, again, YouTube, man. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. I love YouTube. Um, I sub subscribe to a lot of uh, MMA YouTube channels. And I got Fight Pass. And every time they would mention a guy on these MMA channels, whether it's Kazushi Sakuraba the um, Gracies, I would go back on the fight pass back in the day when I was starting to get my feet wet with MMA and look these guys up. Of course, there's names I recognize from the past like Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, guys like that that I would look up to just so I could get a better understanding of who they are as a fighter, kind of just go off from there, you know. And Conor McGregor might be the guy that got me into MMA, but as... I get deeper into the sport. He did. He's no longer my favorite fighter, you know? And with all that being said, let's talk about what happened last week. Conor McGregor got decimated for the second time in a row against one Dustin Poirier completely decimated. Now it was a doctor stoppage and Dana White's pushing for a fourth fight, but let's be honest here. There's no need for a fourth fight. Dustin Poirier is the best 155er in the world, and it's not even close. No disrespect to the current 155-pound champion, Charles Oliveira, um, a guy I really like. I love watching him fight. He's a fucking wizard with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but Dustin Poirier is going to come in and just break that man's will, like he did with Conor. Why do we need to see a fourth fight when the last two fights have been completely decisive? And I'll tell you why. It's funny, like, most of the people you see in MMA right now, they're considered needle movers because of Conor McGregor. Nate Diaz is considered a needle mover because of the two, two fights he had with Conor McGregor. Khabib was one of the top stars in the UFC, not just because he was the 155-pound champion, he was relatively um, under the radar, even as champion, until he fought Conor. Then he became a huge success and a huge draw. What do all these guys have in common? I just said it, so I'll just reiterate it. They all fought Conor. Conor makes stars. That is why the UFC is never, ever going to let Conor McGregor fully go. Conor McGregor needs to retire, in my opinion. It is clear as day that he is no longer motivated and he is not doing the necessary, th necessary things to become a better fighter again. Like, when's the last time we've seen him 
go to the ground. Like, Max, Max was the, like, last time we really saw him with any sort of ground game. (laughs) That was, what, seven, eight years ago at this point? His game hasn't evolved while everyone around him has only gotten better. And there's nothing wrong with that. Conor McGregor pulled, what, 100? They sent it on the broadcast a gazillion times. What, 180 million last year? He was the top earning athlete last year by like 30 or 40 million dollars where is the where is the um where is the motivation to keep fighting i don't know where it is for him at least because dustin poirier was obviously a much different fighter the second and third time they fought from the first time they fought as both guys were unranked hungry prospects and that's it's true while Conor McGregor was out fighting um, Floyd Mayweather, um, Dustin was in the gym. He was taking fights. He was knocking people's heads off. He was making his way up the ranks. Hell, he was the the um, interim champion. Thank you. Thank you, self. He was the uh, lightweight interim champion. Um, and he was the guy, seriously, that we saw that was the closest to beating Khabib. And that's saying something. That's saying how good Dustin Poirier really is. When you're that close to beating Khabib, oh yeah, you're fucking good, dude. You're really fucking good. You know, it's like it's like I keep saying, like, the reason why Conor McGregor will will always be fighting and always being a top five lightweight, um, even though we know that's complete bullshit, is because he moves the needle. At this point, Dana wants Conor McGregor in there with these guys who are on that championship level. Because if Conor can shed lights on these up-and-coming guys and make them a big deal, well, congratulations, now you have another pay-per-view draw. That is the that is what I have come to the conclusion to, why Dana keeps putting Conor in these fights with guys that are obviously more hungry and more talented at this point than Connor is. And I'm not saying Connor is a fucking slouch. He's an absolute fucking amazing fighter. His left hand is fucking deadly. All right? But it's time to just look at it. He is just Dana, I should say. Dana is milking the cow that is Connor McGregor until it runs dry. Until people just don't care anymore. And it's starting to get to that point. He's only won what? One fight since the Obama administration? Like that, like that um that uh reporter dude at the at the press conference said. <laughs> but um it's true. The diminishing returns are starting to happen, and I, I haven't heard the buy rate for this last UFC 264 with Poirier and McGregor headlining, but if it's Less than what their uh, second fight did. Might be time to really consider your options with Conor McGregor. But at the same time, if you cut Conor, let's say he goes to a Bellator. Let's say he goes to 1FC. There goes your cash cow. There goes your draw. It's a really lose-lose situation for, for the UFC right now because you keep Conor on the roster, you get these diminishing returns but if you release him, now he's going to go be a big star for another organization whenever he wants to fight. And he's going to start winning again because he's going to be fighting cans, let's be honest. Where else, wherever else he goes. Um, 
But yeah, Conor McGregor, um, if it was up to me, would have retired after the uh, Khabib fight. Like, let's be honest, that fight um, was a whole shit show that needed to happen, regardless of how you feel about it. And here's another thing, like, Conor McGregor is the biggest star in the MMA world, regardless of whatever, right? But his actions over the last several years, you know, with the bus, with that old man, with that guy he smashed his phone up. Connor's an asshole. And if that's the biggest representation of our sport right now, I just don't fucking want it. I'm sorry. And I know he's he's really kept quiet mostly over the last couple years, but, you know, again... Stuff pops up like uh, a sexual assault allegations and all that. It's like, dude, you're basically married at this point. He's been with his girlfriend for fucking ever. And you have kids. Be a fucking dad. Stop being a fucking asshole. That's all I really got to say about the whole Conor McGregor situation. (sighs) All right. So I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup for the second time in two, or the second year in a row, I should say. Um, so congratulations to them. They have a fucking amazing team. Um, hopefully here soon, the Sharks will start rebuilding for real. But, you know, it's the fucking Sharks. They, fuck Doug Wilson. Fire Doug Wilson. Hashtag fire Doug Wilson. Um, and the NBA Finals. Who would have thought it would have been the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh, Phoenix Suns? Mostly the Phoenix Suns. And, um, wow. Uh, Let's talk about Milwaukee, who was down 2-0 to Phoenix. And they came right back up, and now they're up 3-2. They're on the verge of winning their first, not in franchise history, in like 40 or 50 years. So, hey, I would love to see Giannis get his ring already. Now let's get into the sports headlines, or should I say... uh, Basically, stars behind bars at this point. So, Barcavius Mingo got arrested for, um, what is it, exposing himself to a minor? Something along those lines. Um, and Barcavius Mingo, of course, played for the Houston Texans. So maybe him and uh, Deshaun Watson can be uh, cellmate buddies, for all I fucking know. So, uh, fuck you, Barcavius. That is some dirty-ass shit, you piece of shit. Uh, Richard Sherman had a complete and utter breakdown. Um, I don't want to speculate on his situation too much because it's 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 a very rough spot at the end of the day. Uh, Richard Sherman is a very likable guy. Do I agree with everything he's ever said in life? No, but he comes off like a very eloquent speaker. He comes off like a very respectful person, for lack of a better word. And um, he just, you know... He, Again, and he also played for the 49ers, and I just loved – I just love – I get why Seattle fans loved him so much because he's a team-first kind of guy. Like um, a couple years ago, I think it was Emmanuel Mosley, I want to say. It was one of our younger quarterbacks at the time. Hit a guy out of bounds, and they're on – of course, they're on the away side um, sideline. And who's the first guy to fly in there and start throwing punches? Richard Sherman. That is a guy that you want in the foxhole next to you. And uh, I can only hope that he gets the help he needs because 
again, I'm an advocate for mental health. And if you're reading the story and hearing his wife say he's texting a bunch of people wanting to kill himself, I hate fucking hearing that shit. And, um, again, I hope he gets the help he needs. Um, and I hope he gets picked up. I mean, he's a veteran leader, you know, and, uh, he would bring a lot more than just football to a locker room. He would help build a culture. That's why we brought him here. And you can see that attitude in these players on that defense. And he's a big reason for that. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, might take over the starting job this year. He isn't the one that got arrested. It was his wife. His wife beat him up in in, uh, Las Vegas. Now, when I say beat him up, probably like, you know, slapped him, tried to punch him, and he just keeping her off her. For all I know, I don't know. But, um, yeah, uh, unfortunate situation. I hope uh, him and his wife get counseling. I mean, it is what it is. Shit happens, right? And then Jimmy Uso. If you don't know who Jimmy Uso is, he's a wrestler with WWE. He's cousins with Roman Reigns and The Rock or Dwayne Johnson, whatever you want to call him. Got his fourth DUI. Oh, what was it? I want to say roughly a week ago. Maybe not quite so a week ago. We'll just say a week ago for about, about estimation. And, um, yeah, uh, again, substance abuse is not fun. So I hope Jimmy Uso finds the help he needs because if he keeps going down this path, he could easily lose his job. He's married to another WWE superstar, um, Naomi. Um, Could affect her career, could affect his twin brother's career because he's part of a tag team with his twin brother and his cousin, uh, Roman Reigns. So hopefully the guy gets his shit out. Uh, or his shit out. His shit straight, I should say. So guys, that's all I really have for you today. Please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. If you're listening to the audio, whether it's on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Remember to rate us five stars. And uh, please subscribe if you're here on YouTube. Uh, comment, rate, share with your friends. Please share the show with your friends. I'm trying to build an audience. And if you've listened this far, obviously you like what I say. (laughs) Um, Also, if you could, go follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I also have a Facebook-like page now, a public figure page, whatever you want to call it. Um, And all the links and the handles will be in the description below. And uh, thank you so much, guys, for uh, keeping up with me. And um, you have yourselves a wonderful day.